is up welcome to episode one of hot girls watch hockey um i'm gonna give a big shout out to shakira my friend for bullying me into recording this while she is walking at the gym because i've been putting it off for like a week and a half now i've had it written this whole time yes i wrote this whole thing out because i was um imposter syndroming and felt like i didn't know what i was going to be talking about um so big shout out to shakira for bullying you into watching this big shout out to ashley motherfucking mers for also making me do this um after she went to the wings game with me and had to listen to me narrate the whole thing and um also would like to call out damien if you're watching this not watching if you're listening to this because you said you subscribed to it on spotify because i supported your youtube channel um hey what is up all right so <laughs> um i don't know how to kick this off i've been putting it off i've re-recorded this intro 47 times probably by now um just tried a bunch of different vocal compression thingy things on adobe audition really don't actually know what i'm doing um but you know fake it till we make it so we're here we're here we're here the first episode of hot girls watch hockey is happening a lot of this is just gonna be me rambling because why am i really nervous sitting here in a room talking to a microphone staring at a computer screen where just my dog can hear me Thanks, Bagel Bite. He looked at me. He said, I don't know. Um, but we are here. Um, Shakira is at the gym and there are, quote, too many humans there. But she's going to do the Hot Girls Stretch, the One Direction playlist. So, OK, what is Hot Girls Watch Hockey? My objective, if you are listening to this, is one, have fun. Two, maybe know a little bit more about what's going on in the world of hockey um we're not just going to be covering the nhl on this podcast no 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 no. we will also be covering the new women's professional league which i'm so excited about and we're gonna actually spend a lot of today's episode um talking about that because i'm very excited about it and you should be too I really want to build a community around this because I'm tired of boys being able to like sports, but when girls like anything, it's weird. Um, and we don't know anything unless we're obsessing over a boy band. Okay. Yes. I was a one D stan. Okay. So I've been fighting this battle. Um, yeah, so I want to hear stories. I want to connect with you. I want you to tell me what you care about, what you want to hear on this, all five of you that are listening. Um, I want you to understand what's happening, not just in the NHL, also in the NHL, um, and just hockey around. And yeah, I'm also, yeah, I wrote, I'm low-key shitting my pants doing this. I don't know why imposter syndrome is taking me out on this. Um, and then to continue my quote of my Google Doc. So if any girly pops are listening to this and want to co-host, please hit me up. That is indeed correct. Um, so if you would like to be a co-host, I would love that. I So I'm not just like talking to myself and we can have some dialogue and it's not just me reading bullet points on a Google Doc. Please and thank you in advance. Okay, so like let's cover some headlines. By some headlines, I mean one headline. Um, I want to talk about Quinn Hughes. What are what is your thoughts on Quinn Hughes? Because in my personal opinion, he is the best Hughes brother. Um, yeah, we have Jack leading the Devils to whatever the heck is deviling. Yeah, he lost a tooth trying to make it into playoffs. Yes, they did make it into that round of playoffs. Did he lose his tooth during playoffs? My summer timeline's a little fuzzy, not gonna lie. But also, like, nepotism pulled his brother in with him. That feels sus to me, okay? Like, love you, Luke. You're gonna do great things. But, like, I was just for a different team, you know? Hey, playing with your brother just feels weird to me. Um, So, I'd like to shout out your older brother, Quinn motherfucking Hughes. He is the oldest sibling, which I relate to. That comes with a lot of pressure. You are setting the standards for your younger siblings. That is a lot of S sounds. Um, S sounds are really uncomfortable to hear and say, and I'm very cognizant of how I'm saying my S's. But Quinn Hughes just set the stage for his brothers because this dude was named 
Captain. Captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Captain. Just he's like a little bean who is very memeable, but we'll probably discuss that at a later point. So yeah, this homeboy named 15th captain of the Canucks, and I would just like to give him a big round of applause from older siblings everywhere. Thank you, Quinn Hughes, for putting in the work and making sure everybody knows that older siblings are the best sibling. Okay, now you're going to listen to me ramble for a long time about the Professional Women's Hockey League, the PWHL, if you will. I'm very excited about this. I know some other people on the internet are, but that's about all I've seen to it. Um, It's been the more I dug into professional women's hockey, the more I was like, wow, it's a wild history and it's still being written and it's still getting really wild. Um, so that's why I want to deep dive into this. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. That's just going to reform a lot of women's professional sports, I hope. And I really think it's like cool. Just like what is happening. It seems like we're like in a big moment of history. And I think that's awesome. I'm rambling. Okay. So first off, um, we're going to jump into the background and explain a little bit of the mess that has been women's professional hockey, specifically in North America. Um, disclaimer, I only did research about North America. So Canada and the U S whatever's going on in Europe, I will find out about that next and later. Um, So let's run through some key background information and see what the heck is going on. So we're going to start with the Canadian Women's Hockey League um, and its founding because um, a bunch of players that were in the original, and I want you to note the emphasis here on original National Women's Hockey League that disbanded in 2007. So the original... National Women's Hockey League disbanded in 2007, and that's kind of what sparked the Canadian Women's Hockey League, which is the CWHL. The players that worked on forming this came in, volunteered um, to form the CWHL following the model that the National Lacrosse League had set up. The league basically was going to be responsible for all the travel, ice rental, uniform costs, and float some money for some, not all, equipment, but it would not be able to pay players. So in March 2019, the CHL Board of Directors announced that the league was going to discontinue operations May 2019. The league cited that there was a ton of fragmentation between having corporate sponsorships between two leagues which were running, which is the CHWL and the PHF, which we're going to talk about here in a second, um, and led to the league just being financially infeasible to keep running. However, um, it seems like these issues were present for a while, but they cited that the partnership that they had launched during the 2017-2018 season um, in China is what kept the league pretty much operating for another season. Um, The PHF, which is professional... What does PHF stand for? PHF Women's Hockey. You guys are really coming along on the ride for me. Um, This is giving Premier Hockey Federation. I should have remembered that. I wrote that down and I just like couldn't scroll up to remember that. Okay, the Premier Hockey Federation, which was formerly also the National Women's Hockey League, hope that's not confusing, um, was founded in 2015. So after the CHL was founded the national women's hockey league was founded and then it rebranded to the phl which we're going to talk here in a second the national women's hockey league that was founded in 2015 was the first women's professional hockey league that actually paid players uh there's a lot of messy history in terms of how much players were making each season and it got even more like complicated there for a minute where they were like doing a percentage of ticket sales over blah, blah, blah. And like $2,000. It was weird. There was a lot happening in that article. Um, And basically it didn't get significantly better until the professional women's hockey players association was founded in 2019. 
So T, the CHL goes, CWHL goes out of commission two months more. The PWHPA is founded. Seems sus to me. Um, so yeah, the PHL pay did not get better until the PWHPA was founded. So let's dig into the a little more. It was formed with the goals that the league would provide financial and infrastructure resources to players, also provide health insurance and support and training programs for young female players. Many players ended up boycotting the PHL's 2019-2020 season in support of the mission and did not play out of protest because the league was not meeting those things. Um, Ahead of the 2021 season, multiple players that are a part of the PWHPA raised concerns over a lack of professionalism and substandard conditions of the PHP. And um, Hillary Knight, icon, American Olympian, basically referred to the NWHL, which is this is why the PHF was rebranded, because the NWHL was, quote, a glorified beer league. So the Premier Hockey Federation said, yikes. Um, and so that's why they rebranded. So that's how you got the PHP. P-H-F. There's a lot of P's. Um, so then we're fast forwarding. 2021 season, they agreed to terms. 2022, 2023. So that's where we're at now. The So we got like a year, a season and a half in before things were blown up again. Um, so the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, so women involved in that league and that association, were told in March that a new pro league would be ready for the 23-24 season, but there were no details announced of how or what that would look like. On June 29th of this year, the PHF, the Premier Hockey Federation, was purchased by the Mark Walter Group and Billy Jean King Enterprises. The league essentially ceased all operations immediately. Player contracts were immediately terminated. But, you know, our girly pops, they they got a severance and some health benefits, which kept them going for a little bit. Um, There was a lot of uncertainty at what the heck was going on after this. It kind of seemed like women's hockey just like blew the heck up. Um, But there was a lot of hopefulness by the Billie Jean King um, enterprise group and her and her business mission and all of that that she does, um, that there would be a more united league between the PWHPA, which had its own little thingy thing going on, and the PHF. So finally, um, a couple weeks ago on the 29th of August, the Professional Women's Hockey League, which will be the PWHL, was finally announced. And they announced the six markets, three in the U.S., three in Canada, that they would be playing in and that the season will be starting in January 2024. The league defines itself as a, quote, first of its kind women's hockey league that brings together the best players in the world, end quote. That is direct from their website and their press release. So the six teams are going to be the three in Canada will be Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. And the U.S. cities are Boston, Minneapolis, slash St. Paul, and the New York City area. They don't specify New York or where. It just says New York City area. Um the official like playing locations, so like uh, the home ice of these teams has yet to be announced. And so has the schedule that is yet to be announced. But they did say that there will be 24 regular season games per team. Um, so I would guess we're going to hear more about a schedule and home ice. <sighs> Probably end of this month, but by the end of October, if they haven't announced stuff by almost Thanksgiving. I'm going to be a little worried. I'm not going to lie. Um, I really liked how this section of the PWHL's website is written. Um, the P the PWHL.com, if you're wondering. Um, so I'm just going to read it for you. I think it's a really impactful, and this is reading this made me feel really hopeful about what the heck is going on, what is happening and all of that stuff. Um, so here it is. 
Quote, our league was born out of a collective desire to empower ourselves and reimagine women's hockey. Here we combined grit with grace and speed with style. We move beyond discrimination in a spirit of togetherness. We evaluate every one of our athletes. We commit to taking risks that will drive our growth. We challenge ourselves to inspire future generations to dream bigger because this moment is bigger than all of us. I think that's really cool, and it really kind of emphasized the message that um, Sarah Nurse had on, what is that, the Athletic Hockey Podcast? What is that podcast? She just did a a feature on there, um, an interview, and it was, like, really good. Um, No, not the Athletic Hockey Show. Not that one. Which one was it? So many podcasts, so little room in my brain. Is that the... Who was that? I don't I don't remember which hockey podcast this was. Let me look this up. We're like real, real timing this. Um, it's giving Brittany Broski, and I love her podcast. Sarah Nurse. No, it was the athletic hockey show. I'm just delusional. I didn't scroll down far enough as I as I couldn't have read. Okay, let's see. Pretty sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely the athletic. Yes, it was the athletic hockey pod. Athletic hockey show. Um, I listen on Apple Podcasts because I don't have Spotify. Um, so finally, the 1st of September, so what, 12 days ago when I'm recording this, the general managers were announced. Um, just very quick turnaround if it was everything was announced on the 1st, meaning they really worked to get everything kind of secured and set up um, in a good timely manner before they made any announcements. So the board appointed all of these general managers, all six of these, which means that in my belief, the board really vetted and kind of interviewed and approved these candidates. So they are very strong. Um, and I don't think they would have been selected because going through that board list, they're, they're high quality individuals, hopefully. Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just like, I have this little bit of doubt in every business like operation, especially funded around like women's support issues, things, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I don't know. That's why I kind of like have this like undertone of like, please work, um, in the business side of things. Okay. So the, PWHL Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations. Her name is Yana. I'm going to say Yana Hefford. Um, She said in the press release where all of these information um, individuals were named that, quote, securing highly qualified general managers was a priority to help build strong foundations in each of our original six PWHL markets and delivering professional standards for all players. Um, and then it went on to say that essentially GMs will be responsible for hiring coaches, support staff, and building the roster as a GM's position is. Um, okay. So let's start with the U S locations. So in Boston, we have Daniel Marmer. Marmer was the player development and scouting assistant for the Boston Bruins. Um, she was actually the first woman in the organization to ever hold an on rice on ice role in the Bruins organization. So I, that's really cool. And I love that girly pop got promoted. Um, so before her time with the Bruins, she was the de- director of player development at Quinnipiac University and um, the assistant coach for Connecticut College women's hockey team. In Minnesota, we have Natalie Darwitz. Um, her playing career prolific included winning three Olympic medals, three IIHF world championship gold medals, and two NCAA national championships at the university of Minnesota and is an among the most renowned women's hockey figures across all of hockey. She's a member of the U S hockey hall of fame, the Minnesota sports hall of fame, the quote M club hall of fame and the Minnesota state high school league hall of fame 
She is distinguished. In New York, we have Pascal Doust. Doust is a also a hockey player that's his career spans decades at this point. Um, he served as general manager for the QMJHL. Before that time, he was the assistant coach and helped find fund found the team at the University of Montreal's at the University of Montreal. That was a sentence. Kind of got confused in my brain there where I was going. Um, and won two national championships and three national podiums in seven seasons with them. He's also been an on-ice personal consultant since 1993, mentoring players and teams across the NHL, AHL, ECHL, Europe, and universities and college. In Montreal, we have Danielle Savigny. That is my guess at how that is pronounced. I do have a note in here that says pronunciation, and I was going to look it up. And then Shakira bullied me into not putting this off anymore. So that is my best guess pronunciation. It is definitely French, and I'm really bad at sounding out French words. I know nothing about French. Um, so she spent <laughs> decades as one of Quebec's most prominent women's hockey icons. She brings a wide range of experience for her GM role. This includes coaching the Canada's national women's team to its first ever Olympic gold medal in 2002, becoming the first woman to coach in the Canadian Hockey League, which is the QMJHL that we mentioned um, a second ago, and founded the women's hockey program at the University of Montreal with the last guy. In 2019, she launched the first and only recognized high performance hockey center for women's athletes in Canada. And she serves as president chief and coach there. Well, served past tense. And yeah, it's just going to be really good. She was the. I don't know what I wrote there. That is not a sentence. Thank you for coming to um, Star Brown is reading off of her Google Doc. Um, okay, we're going to flash forward now over to Ottawa, where we have Michael Hirschfield. He served as the executive director of the NHL Coaches Association, which is also abbreviated NHLCA, for the past seven years. And he provided support in various areas to coaches across the NHL and AHL levels. Um, this also included NHLCA's relationships with the hockey federations and associations across North America, Europe, and Asia. Uh, the foundation, not foundation, the coaches, people, assistant people that he was with um, was founded in 2001. And the goal was to include developing coaches and giving back to the community and growing the game globally. And lastly, in Toronto, we have Gina Kingsbury. She joins the PWHL with a plethora of experience, both on ice as a player and off ice in backhouse um, positions. Most recently, she served as the vice president of hockey operations at Hockey Canada and has been the general manager of the Canadian Women's National Team Program since 2018. In her role, she knows most notably won Olympic gold in 2022 and back-to-back gold medals at the 21 and 22 IIHF Women's World Championships. On ice, she was a member of the Canadian National Women's Team, and she became a two-time Olympic gold medalist and appeared in six IIHF World Championships. So, how are players going to be selected? I know that's your next question. How are players going to be selected for these six teams? Um, I think it's really important to note that this entire process was defined by players leading the PWHL and PWHP collective bargaining agreement. I think that's really important to know that there were players involved in how this process worked and they deemed that this was the fairest way for these teams to be formed. So we wrapped up an initial free agency period. It was 10 days, ran from the 1st through the 10th of September. Um, each player could sign up to three players to a standard player agreement during this time frame. So over those 10 days. Um, of note, current players from the NCAA or U Sports program or recently graduated players are not eligible for this free agency period. 
keynote preliminary free agency period. None of them could be signed in those 10 days. So below are the players that um, all teams, all three, all six teams took three players. So these players all agree to three-year deals, which will cover them from the 2023-2024 season, which is this season, which does not start until January 2024, the 2024-25 and the 25-26 seasons. Salary information was not released due to uh, the agreement with the Players Association. So in Montreal, we have a trio of Canadian Olympians. We have goaltender Anne-Renee Debsons. We have two forwards. We have Marie-Philip Poulin and Laura Stacey. In Boston, they picked a trio of 2023 IIHF Women World Women's Championship gold medalists from Team USA. Um, we have goaltender Arielin Franklin, defender Megan Keller, and of course, forward Hillary Knight. Over in Minnesota, they picked a trio of Olympians. They have forwards Kendall Cone Schofield and Kelly Penek and defender Lee Steckson. Steckelson. Steckline. Steckline. I cannot read today. I'm so sorry. And I'm really sorry if you're butchering everybody's names. I'm very much a like, I only know how to pronounce things in my head. Um phonetically and then i hear people say how it's correctly pronounced and i'm like oh that makes a lot more sense um and then it clicks in my brain so over in toronto we have a trio of canadian olympians we have defender renetta fast and sarah nurse and blay turnbull as forwards ottawa also signed three canadian olympians forwards emily clark and brianne jenner and goaltender Emirates Mashmeyer. Over in New York, they picked a trio of Olympians and world championships between the U.S. and Canadian national teams. So they took two forwards, Alex Carpenter and Abby Rock, and defender Micah Zindi, Zandi Hart. Um, any player that wanted to be included in the inaugural PWHL draft season had to declare candidacy by September 3rd. So that has now closed. Any players with remaining college eligibility could declare for the draft. Um, they just had to obviously consult their campus compliance officers. The draft selection process was determined by a lottery, um, and that was announced also on September 1st. And the draft order is Minnesota, Toronto, Boston, New York, Ottawa, and then Montreal. Um, they are following a, quote, snake format. So the first round will go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And the second round will go 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then the third round will go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And then the fourth round will go 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And so on and so forth. There will be 15 rounds. And that means 90 players will be drafted. There will be no draft picks traded until the season is done. Post-draft, any undrafted players now become free agents and um, may immediately, following the draft, sign standard player agreements with any team. Um, players may go unsigned for two years again before becoming eligible to enter the draft, and no player can declare for more than two drafts. The standard player agreements section says at most 20 standard player agreements per team will be able to be signed before training camp start this November, meaning there'll be three open roster spots hypothetically remaining before training camp starts on every team. Only six players on each team are going to be signed to three-year agreements, um, like the three players per each team that we just went through, and make no less than $80,000 per league year. In 2023-2024, up to five players on each team will be allowed to be signed for two-year standard player agreements, and a player will become a free agent following the termination or end date of their standard player agreement. So my thoughts. Hi, Key. I literally will not stop talking about this league. If anybody brings up anything, I feel very passionate about it. I feel very hopeful about it. And I'm really excited to see if the momentum, the little bubble that's starting to form, especially around women's professional hockey, um, to see how that continues once we hit January and whatever happens January on, especially this first season, I think that's really going to set the tone and the pace for 
everything going forward. And I, that really sucks. <laughs> I hate to say it, but however this inaugural season do, does, and then the year after that, that'll really be like, if there are two years of growth for the league and we see a lot of support across fans, across players, across the business professionals working on all those teams, the, the PWHL, the NHL and media, I think that's really going to determine the success and how much we can see women's hockey and women's professional sports in general, if that's going to be sustainable. And if we can finally get some momentum to build those to how we think about men's professional sports, because when we think men's professional sports right now, or I guess when we think professional sports, we only think men's professional sports. And that's kind of bogus if you ask me. I just, I really think that these players are just as talented as men, if not more. I mean, look, Sarah Nurse scored on, who was that, Igor Shostorkin, right? I have a note on here. Yeah, at the All-Star Games this last February, that girly pop flexed on that guy in front of everybody, and which seemingly was not a lot of people. There was just a bunch of fans there, media, and then weird people like me who watched it at home because... I'm curious. Do I love the format of the All-Star Games? No. And I have thoughts, but we'll save those thoughts later. I have a lot of thoughts. That's why my parent, my friends are bullying me to make this podcast. <laughs> um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how this league is navigated. I it may end in the same messy history that professional women's hockey has seen for over the span of my lifetime. But I am really hopeful because Billie Jean King has been a very loud voice across making like women's equality issues around sports and the world just like have momentum and be seen. She's done a lot of great work, not just for like women's involvement, but just social justice issues in general. So that's what's making me feel very, very, very optimistic about this. There's going to be a lot of thought, care, and passion that she has just like thrust into this league, which I think is why things are being rolled out and made sure they're solidified before they get announced. It does feel rushed, yes, but if you put your heads together for enough time with enough brain power and like good people in the room, you can make you can make shit happen that fast. Like once you get when you when all your brains are just like running full speed and you can do the thing and you can see the end of the tunnel. Those are like some of the best projects, in my opinion. I think it'll also be really interesting how and if the NHL gets involved. I see the lack of support that they've had for all of women's professional sports really forever. And I can't imagine Gary's like sitting there every day being like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do to support women's hockey? What are we going to do? I can't imagine that man sits there. He's like maybe 5'2". He's very short. What does he think about? What goes on in his brain? I don't know. But it's definitely not about women's professional hockey. So here's what I'm going to do. Gary Bettman, if this makes it to your ears, the bare minimum I will accept. The bare minimum is support by the league on your media channels. I'm talking website. I want to see a page dedicated, a backlink. I want blog posts, okay? You, the NHL.com, very high-ranking SEO scores. Very high. Put it to work. Support the girlies. I want to see the NHL social channels. I want to see NHL TikToks. I want to see NHL Instagram reels. I want to see your paid Instagram ads that I get served. I want to see them supporting women's professional hockey, especially starting January. It's going to be a short season, okay? 24 games from January, I'm guessing, till like April, May. We can do that, okay? We can do that. That's four months of ad spend. I know you have the money. It's okay. Um, I also want you to utilize that email list that you use very poorly currently. I don't need to know about the Roblox game right now in every email. Nobody's playing that. I played it with my brother one time, and then we got bored. So... And that's a Roblox game. This kid makes me drive around in fake mud. I do it. We have fun. But we do that more than we've played the NHL Roblox game. Um, also, all six of these foundational teams are in prime NHL markets. 
That's why they were chosen. There's the fan support of hockey that they need. There's the infrastructure that they need to support these. There's a culture there that supports hockey for what it's worth. They're all very big hockey markets. They've never thundered like Detroit is currently. It's never it's never stopped, okay? I need those teams, those six teams. I know I'm asking a lot. Six out of your 32 teams. I need them to show up. I'm saying show up in person. I need those boys support and girlies at their games. I need the team social channels. I need them posting. I need them resharing content, okay? They don't even need to reinvent the wheel. They can Instagram repost. I will accept that. Repost the TikToks. Post a story. That's all I'm asking. Go to a game, please. And I need that promotional schedule or that schedule once that's announced. I want that on the Jumbotrons at the home games. I want to see it. I want fans to know women's hockey is in your city and it's really fucking cool and you should go check it out. What better way to do that than put it in front of the eyes of a bunch of overwhelmed parents with their kids that like hockey and drunk men in beer leagues. Make them support it. It's okay. It's okay. I promise you put those schedules up on the Jumbotron. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's only going to benefit them. So without active support from the NHL, I think the momentum is just not going to be there. And truthfully, if the NHL is not really putting their money where their mouth is, the media hopefully will be. Um, I know I'll be talking about it. So you can always tune in to Hot Girls Watch Hockey because that entire league is full of hot girls. I've been talking about women's professional hockey for like 30 minutes. You're welcome. Okay. So once that schedule drops and that season kicks off, I will be watching. I will be tweeting. I will be TikToking. Hopefully, I'm really bad at TikTok. I'll maybe post an Instagram story. Okay. Well, I probably will because I'm annoying. Um, but when you subscribe to the Hackers Watch social channels, you can help me support that and support women's hockey and get this thing rolling. Okay, I'm going to leave it there on women's professional hockey. And now you're going to listen to me talk about the Pacific Division and what the heck I think is going to go on in there. Um, so we'll give some highlight time on the inaugural Hot Girls Watch episode to highlight dudes. I guess I can do that. I guess I can afford them some time. Um, so let's dive into my opinions on all of these because that's all this podcast is right now is what does Star Brown think about hockey? That'll change eventually. It'll be like, what does Star Brown and friends think about hockey? And then it'll grow. Um, yes, I am now rambling. The edible I took to calm my nerves to pregame the gym is hitting. So you're really getting a stream of consciousness now. Consciousness. Wow. Why do I have like a lisp sometimes? It makes no sense. Um, so yeah, Pacific division, bad. Overall, it's been bad. It's going to continue to be bad. There's not, there's not a lot going on. It's not super competitive like the other markets. It's just not. Um, so I guess let's start with the guy, the guys over at the Anaheim Ducks. These dudes, literal worst team in the NHL last season. They had 23 wins out of what, an 82-game season? And only 58 points. And they lost to the Blackhawks, which were doing so bad, by one point. Literally, the Blackhawks winning that game against the Penguins and pushing the Penguins out made the Ducks the worst, the worst team. They could have been tied. They could have been tied. Um, so that was worse than their 21-22 season, which had 76 points across 82 games and only 31 wins. They ended their season losing 13 games in a row. 13. Taylor Swift coded, but not good for Trevor Zegras. Not great. Um, they fired their entire coaching staff in April after the debacle that was last season. And they hired Greg Greg. Cronin as the new head coach and this is his first season as a head coach and in the NHL so hopefully hopefully he's got some fresh ideas um he's coming up from five seasons of head coach for the Colorado's Eagles which is the AHL team farming players to the avalanche um 
I wrote that the Ducks are a team and transition, and they've changed coaches this offseason in the name of demanding more from their youngsters. The youngsters being Trevor Zegras, Jamie Dreisaitl. Yeah, my verdict, big yikes. Big yikes. In bold. Italicized. Especially on that I in yikes. Yikes is especially italicized, okay? It's going to be another messy season for them. I This is going to be the third year in a row that they're just, like, hoping they can sign some old guys that will mesh and click something together with those young dudes. Um, and <laughs> they really haven't made any progress into fixing that. So that's not going to happen. There'll be a day, probably, like, five seasons from now, where if they get it together, we'll see another probable Anaheim playoff push. But they they got five years to get it together. Uh, Trevor Zegras, past 26, I don't know what he's going to – I don't know how much more he's going to grow if you don't figure that out. Get it together. Calgary Flames. Everybody said that they were, like, very disappointing. Biz on the – Spit and Chicklets podcast. He was like sporting the flames and then they tanked. Everybody had like these, these hopes for the flames last season. And it, they like flamed on those. They flamed out. Okay. It was so bad that the coach and the GM were both booted and they could have made playoffs, but I, they just like fumbled like every, there was just like, misstep after misstep on them so they hired another guy named craig we need different names for these men what was that guy yeah that last guy was greg this one's craig we got greg and craig two new dudes in positions fixing all these teams um he got promoted he sent some guys out to new jersey he got some some new coaching staff behind the bench um not many roster changes this offseason for the Flames. Um, they're closing in on timeline on this season, so probably won't see much movement from them. Um, if they don't figure it out this season, they'll probably just need to blow the whole thing up and start over, enter a full-on rebuild. My verdict, don't get your hopes up, but watch them fumble it another season. Maybe they'll surprise us. Who knows? I, I wouldn't think much of it, though. All right, let's skip a daddle daddle do on over to the Edmonton Oilers. They give me Leafs vibes. They they're good. They have the potential to be okay, but they're just like not good enough. You know, it's like just like the Leafs, just like the Leafs. They've lost to um, in back to the last two seasons. They've lost in the playoffs to the Stanley Cup champions. So if anything tells me when it comes time to playoff time next season, whoever the Oilers are playing, they're going to win the cup. Um, the Oilers have not been able to figure out playoff hockey. They've played 28 games in playoff hockey in the last two seasons, and there's nothing to account for it. Um, a couple tweaks were made by the GM Ken Holland this season. They have a wealth of talent. I mean, like two guys, but they have enough like defending dudes to figure it out and get get those points in the net. You have Connor McDavid, figure it out. You have Leon, figure it out. Right? I think I got no. I think I got those correct. In my brain, I get Leon Dreisaitl and that Jamie kid on the Ducks. I get them confused in my brain. Their names are like very similar sounding in my brain. I don't know why. My verdict on the Edmonton Oilers. They won't be a serious cup threat this season. <laughs> that's for sure. And we're going to put a lot of pressure on McDavid and Dreisaitl. And really hope that they... They figure it out. That's really all that team has right now to figure it out. Could they do it? Can they do it? Could they do it? Yes. Can they do it? Question mark. Real big question mark. Um, they might they might fall short and fumble it. Um, that's very likely. Very, very, very likely. All right, jumping over to my boys, the Los Angeles Kings. They're all my boys. I don't know why I said that. Like, that. 
the Kings will probably make playoffs this season because there's what is Shakira talking about? She just said, I know why dudes listen to dudes that yell at them on podcasts. Very excited to see where that goes. There's not a lot of challenge happening in the Pacific division. Like when you look at the Atlantic, it was like Detroit and Buffalo. We're going to have to fight so much unless Boston really fucked up, but we'll see on that. Um, the Leafs, they might get it together with Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay. Tyler Bertuzzi, Austin Matthews. I believe in them. The Kings, there's not the challenge there across all the teams. Who's their competition? The Ducks? Okay. What about them? That's not a threat. Um, after they got out first round again for the second straight season, they made a couple changes. Um, they added center Dubois to their roster um, and gave a goaltending to a veteran named Talbot. So they brought in a couple old dudes to center and really support that team. They have a good mix of talent. It's dynamic, young and old. So we got some age spread there. Um, it's the weakest of the four of the Kings. They're going to they're gonna secure a playoff spot because not much else in that league is, or division, same thing. They, if they can get it together and pop a couple more wins out this season, they can probably secure home ice advantage, probably be a little bit of a threat, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them. But they're not going to be as bad as the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks uh, don't really seem like they're focused on much else besides, like, down the line. They're like, "Mm, we aren't going to get it this season. We aren't even really going to try to pretend we got it going this season. But, like, three seasons from now, watch out. San Jose Sharks might be a force to be reckoned with. Um, Seems like they might be starting a rebuild. They might be teetering on it. Um, they landed fourth overall pick. They got Will Smith, not the Will Smith of like, I am legend. Why couldn't I think of any other movies than that fish movie that he's in? (laughs) That's such a good movie. Um, so they landed Will Smith. He's going to be playing at Boston college for at least the next year. But in a year or two, when he, when he comes in, he's going to be a really good asset for them. Um, they traded away their only good defender. They sent him over to Penguins. Um, they did pick up my boy, Philip Zandina, off the Red Wings. Um, homie, if you if you missed on Glee, Zandina blew up his $5 million contract here in Detroit. He he was really struggling, but I I have thoughts on that. And signed a $1 million deal year, one mil, one year with the Sharks. Um, maybe the change of scenery, maybe he just, maybe he just needed the beach. Maybe he needed to go to the beach, beach. Let's go get away. Way, sway. You think he'd listen to that on the flight over there? I really hope. I really hope so. Um, big, big chance that they become sellers at the trade deadline. They have a bunch of final season contracts. They'll probably ship out. They could probably convert them into draft picks, but that's about it from the Sharks verdict it'll be another long season for the san jose sharks but that doesn't mean they can't hopefully get some trades and some assets in there um it'll be a race for the bottom between them and the ducks but i really think the ducks will take it let's jump on over to the seattle kraken which if you did not know is part owned by my boy macklemore i love macklemore great man okay yeah he's a part owner of the kraken we love that Kraken, real big underdog. They really took everybody by surprise last season. Nobody, I don't think anybody saw them going in and like really shooting the shit on it, but they did. They did indeed do that. It was not a sophomore slump for them. Uh, Shakira's outside my window. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing, but she's dancing. Oh, now she's taking a picture. (laughs) She's taking a picture. (laughs) what is going on oh she might be recording me (laughs) i don't know what you're saying oh my god 
<laughs> oh, she's about to make an appearance. Stay tuned. Okay, let's get through the Kraken before Shakira gets in here. As she finds out we're talking about the Seattle Kraken, she'll remind you that she could pull off that jersey because her name starts with S. Um, they shocked it. They they made it. They made it to round two. They lost to Colorado. Not a big deal. But they really, they really held their home. They really no, no, they beat Colorado. They lost to Dallas. They really held their own in that Dallas game. There's Bagel barking because Shakira's home. Um, can they maintain it for another year? Oh, my goodness. Did I lock her out? I locked her out. Please pause. Oh, no, I did not lock Shakira out. We are all good. Um, Seattle Kraken. Shakira's favorite team because they start with S. Um, <laughs> if they get it together, it could be a good step forward. If they don't, I don't think they'll go backwards. I think they'll go like laterally, you know? <laughs> Stop recording. <laughs> I'm getting behind the scenes pictures because you're my motherfucking bestie. <laughs> and we're going to want to document this. Uh, don't get it twisted. The Kraken could, however, <laughs> pull a playoff spot and clinch that wild card. They won't make it in. Like, they'll be a wild, <laughs> they'll be a wild card. They're going to be a wild card spot if they make it, but I, <laughs> it, it should be a strong season for them. Uh, big eyes on Maddie Beneers, Calder, winner, Calder Cup trophy winner. Um, verdict, they've set the bar higher for themselves. They just got to maintain it. They got to have gas in the tank to, to make it. Uh, Macklemore, please support them. Thank you. Um, Shakira, do you have anything to say about the Seattle Kraken? Does big eyes mean you are looking out for them? Like the emoji? No, because you said big eyes on a person's name. So does that mean like in the context of the sentence that you're looking out for their behavior during the season? Yes, that is what that means. Um, would you like to repeat the question for the class? What was my question? Um, what does big eyes mean? Um, big eyes means that you're looking out for that player and their behavior throughout the season. Yes, we are big eyes on Maddie Beneers. We're really watching him. He's like under the microscope, you know? Got a lot of pressure on him. It will be his sophomore season. Ooh. Sophomore season in the NHL. He is in the same position that Moritz Sider was. Oh, I know him! <laughs> Mort Snyder this last season. Where remember where I got really mad that Ben Sherant was taking? Yep, B. <laughs> you follow your Googling. I want a visual. Oh, he was all over Book Talk. Oh, I knew him. Not that, not that Seattle Kraken guy about Book Talk where everybody got Yikes. canceled. This guy. The Seattle Kraken were making thirst traps of him. Okay. <laughs> What are your numbers? That will determine if I... Do you know what the numbers mean? Oh, the numbers of the jersey. Yes. Okay, verdict. Oh, we already did that. The Canucks. (gasps) Robin Shabatsky loves them. Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks. We love them. They just named their new captain. Quinn Hughes. I love Quinn Hughes. He's so great. What are you doing? I don't know what's going on. Okay, the Vancouver Canucks... (gasps) Okay, that's the last school for later. Maddie Beneers jersey. But I want he a jersey. Also looks like he'll bully me in the OC. Not you braiding them off. <laughs> we should do a podcast episode where it's just Shakira thinking if they would bully her in the Oakland University <laughs> Oakland Center or not. Or will they buy me a meal if I forgot my ID? If I forgot my ID, will said NHL player buy Shakira Chick Fil A? That's a good episode. It'd be like that. We might we might make that a thing. That might be a good one. Okay, let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Um, just like the Oilers, just like the Leafs, they can't seem to get it together. This team, they're not bad. They have some stuff that they could utilize and be good. I just, they don't have depth. It's like the Red Wings. We don't have the depth right now to make it. If they, once you get past like second line, not a lot there. Was, they're really fighting. Um, if they don't get it together, I think fans are going to be really upset. The people that are ride or die for the Canucks, they're going to be really mad. 
um, if they just are mediocre again. They won't beat the Ducks and the Sharks for the worst team in the league. They'll probably be like third or fourth from the bottom, preferably fourth from the bottom. I want them at least, what, halfway? There's eight teams per league. Yeah, that makes sense. The math maths, if I do that correctly. Um, They won't be last. I think they'll be middle of the pack. There's not going to make the playoffs. No way. Um, If they do, they will beat Seattle for that wild card spot. Keep an eye out on them. They got a chance. I need Quinn Hughes. I need everybody to rally around him. I need them to get it together. I need homeboy to have a good season. Please and thank you. And we're going to end it with the Las Vegas Knights, the reigning champions of the Stanley Cup. It took them six years to get there, but they did it. They did it. Their first two seasons, if you do not remember, were not there. They did back-to-back cup runs. First, second season. Stanley Cup run, Stanley Cup run. They did that. And now six years later, they took it home. Um, They had a really good start in franchise history. Literally the best of any NHL team. They made playoffs five times. They made the conference final four times. And the Stanley Cup final, final twice in six years. So pretty, pretty insane. Um... The scariest part for the Pacific Division teams is the Knights didn't really like lose a lot this offseason. Um, emphasis on too much. They lost a couple bits and pieces here and there. Uh, they're still really kind of hugging the salary cap. Uh, they had to do some stuff to make room um, for re-signing people and trying to bring in somebody new. Uh, it'll probably be a season of them starting their young players and really trying to develop them. And then once they see holes, make a couple key trades, secure the runoff. Verdict, they might not win. They might not win again, but I think it'll be a, it'll be fun to watch them. It'll be fun. So let's wrap this up. Let's finish talking about the Pacific Division. There's a handful of opportunities to keep it interesting. It'll really be a race for the bottom between the Sharks and the Ducks. I really think the Ducks are going to take it again, though. I really think they're going to take worst team again. Um, the Flames, we're going to see if they can get it together. The Canucks, if they can get it together. Can the Knights maintain their championship title? The biggest team is, I guess, who's really going to be the focus of the spotlight on that whole division? Because none of us want to stay up that late to watch a game. So out of the eight teams in the league, if you're going to only keep pulse on three teams, I gave you six teams to choose from that you should watch. You're going to pick one, either the Oilers or the Knights. In second position, you're going to pick either the Kings or the Flames. And then in third, you're going to watch it the Canucks or the Kraken. My picks for this season to watch are the Oilers, the Flames, or the Canucks. Tell me who you're watching in the Pacific Division. Figure out how to get a hold of me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Um, and then I highlighted some players. Um, they really were just names I knew. Um, so the Ducks, you can keep an eye out on Trevor Zegras, who um, I just learned is a March Aries. And I, I really understand that as a fellow March Aries. I get it. It's Trevor Zegras, Lucas Raymond, and me in March Aries land. So I get it. They picked up Radko Gudis off the Florida the Florida Panthers, they picked, they swooped him. Uh, the Flames have Igor Sharznikov. There's too much Russian going on in this league. Uh, the Oilers, of course, we got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, The Kings, yes, I only know one player, and that is Kevin Fiala, and that's because I fell in love with him and his mustache during the All-Star Games. <laughs> Shakira's face as I said that sentence is really funny. Do you want me to pull up a picture of this man so you can understand why I fell in love with him? Yes. <laughs> this will really tell you my time. Oh. Hold on. Ooh. Hold on, hold on. This. Oh. <laughs> this is how I got Why introduced to this Why does he look like Freddie Mercury? I, hot. Pull, pull, up, pull up a picture of Freddie Mercury. I, I can see you. I don't you need see, to do a side by side. He looks rough here. He looks rough here. But I ain't gonna snitch on you, daddy. That's my introduce. I'll hold a puck for you, daddy. That's my introduction to Kevin Fiala. I'm at at my place of work watching the all-star games I don't know, this man you, appears i'll hold a puck for you daddy <laughs> oh he was on the wild Ooh, he's doing a little skippy yeah they What's all do that, that. uh Just that's being excited that's being excited um that he probably scored 
Oh, that's what they do. Wait, wait, you want to see another one? <laughs> ah, Jade. <laughs> he does it too. He, he a wing. Red wing. That's not who we're talking about, though. We're wrapping up. Okay, the Sharks. The Sharks, they got my two boys from Detroit. They got Philip Zandina, and they got Giovanni Smith. I stay rooting for that man. Everybody, everybody thinks he's gonna lose it, but that man—he always—he keeps me entertained. He loves to throw hands. Um, on the Seattle Kraken, we have Maddie Beniers, the Canucks. We got Quinn Hughes, of course. We got Anthony Belvillier, and we got my boy from the Red Wings, Philip Heronik. God bless. And on the nights, we got Ivan Barbashev. And that is it. We are almost at one hour of the Hot Girls Watch Hockey inaugural podcast episode. I would like to thank you for listening. Thank you for being here while my um, weed caramel hit. Thank you if you listen to this whole thing. Godspeed. And I will see you for the second episode of Hot Girls Watch Hockey. I love you all. Stay hot.